0: Welcome to MediaStorm, the news podcast that starts with the people who are normally asked last. I'm Helena Wadia. And I'm Matilda Mallinson. Last week, we were joined in the studio by Charlie Craggs, who helpfully suggested that Helena and I fund our journalism with an OnlyFans account called news with nudes we could like do like a sexy like cover-up with newspaper uh, yeah. and then like pull each like oh. newspaper yeah, we away could, we could do a naked like a calendar, burlesque news- the sun headline like pasted across the nipples that's
1: actually quite a good idea
0: <laughs> oh my god god maybe we could make a career out of
1: this sh- i mean it's amazing to see how well you've done since like first oh. hearing about it you've done fucking killing it Thanks. Even it doesn't like, always
0: feel like it that. It doesn't feel no, like it. No, you really are. This you really are. It feels like treading water a lot. Yeah. Like,
1: even people outside of my, like, kind of echo chamber of the people I think would, mm. like, know it, know it. And I was really? like, oh, hell, yeah, you're doing really, really well. That's how you know it's when you're good doing good.
0: Okay, okay. So we've just okay. got to beg some more people for money. But I'm not just here to ask you to sponsor us on Patreon for just £3 a month by clicking on the link in the show notes. Note there's something much more important. On last week's episode, Helena investigated and clearly laid out the facts around Scotland's gender recognition bill and the debate that has unfolded since. And then we spoke with Charlie about the transgender narratives dominating today's debates and how coloured these are by fear. This has not always been the case. So where has it come from? Why now? And who is it helping Fear often comes from the unknown, which is why it's so important to listen to the people being painted into pariahs. At MediaStorm, we platform those spoken about in the news all the time, but never spoken to. This is their right of reply. So thank you for joining us this bonus week for Transgender Rights and the Real Threats to Women.
1: This whole trans women are a threat to women. I hadn't heard that. I transitioned 10 years ago now and I hadn't heard that until like six years into my transition. I'd never heard, never heard a woman think of me as a threat or like any any discourse about it in the media. And bear in mind, i had been working in the media up until that point. I never ever had any issue, was never asked any questions about that in media stuff. Now it's literally all I ever do. And the shift of like being in the street, like the abuse I'd get would always be from like yobby straight guys, football hooligan types, lads, road men types. Now, the more shit I get in the street is, and and definitely, definitely online and in the media is from women. It's mind blowing because I could never have predicted that. It makes no sense. It just makes no sense. Women have always been my only friends. I've never had guy friends. Women have been my safe space. Women are the reason I'm literally still here today. I would have killed myself a long time ago if it wasn't for the few friends I had. At a time in my life where like, I was in an all boys school, a rough all boys school, growing up on a rough council stay, even like in my family, like of like boyish boys. And I just, like, it blows my mind. I'm just like, we're not your enemy. We've never been your enemy. You've never been our enemy. Why is now like this, everyone getting dragged yeah. into this massive thing?
0: Uh, there's something to this that I actually feel there's an extent to which women are being exploited by this narrative yes there's already reasons to be cautious to be afraid in your day-to-day life as a woman and now we're being told that we need to fear all of these phantom threats as if they're immediate dangers to our very existence and this narrative is serving really cynical agendas. Actually, our first episode of this season was on far-right radicalization. And I spoke to reformed neo-Nazis, to people who've wow. been groomed online, people who've been undercover. And it seems that far-right recruiters are actively using this narrative, this emotive debate about transgender rights and using that to recruit cis women because the far right have recognized that they've been a very male dominated movement. And in order to have legitimacy, in order to continue to the next generation, they need to recruit women. And one of the single most useful narratives to far right radicals recruiting women to their movements is news news about transgender rights. So whether it's serving far right radicals, whether it's serving tabloid press that are making, you know, clickbait capital from it, or whether it's serving political groups that want to distract people from, you know, the cost of living crisis and and scare them into voting for them. At the end of the day, women are being exploited as well by being made to fear things that they don't need to fear. And it's just, yeah, you're right. The affinity, the allyship is so much more prominent then this supposed threat we're being told now has to turn us into an us and them yeah. movement.
1: And it really is an us and them thing. Like a woman, if they're reading a reputable source and maybe if they don't have like trans people or many LGBT people in their life or in their circles, if you read a like a headline that's like, do you want men in your bathrooms? Of course they're gonna say no. And then they're almost being told that, yeah, you're on our side then. And it's like, well, guess what? I don't want men in my toilets either. I would have so much less issue if they were to be like, can we just make some trans toilets? Like, and that's still like segregation, but I would, why are they saying I have to be in the men's?
0: Like, do you want me to be beaten up? Do you want me to be
1: murdered? Do you want me to be raped again? Because I will be, and I will also be sucking off all your husbands. I really, I, I really hope you leave this thing because I promise, I make a <laughs> vow. I've said on Instagram, if this goes through and all of a sudden we're having to be using the men's I'm toilets. I'm going to
0: be sucking off your husband.
1: Not your, I will give, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have a thing where women who are, on side can apply for a card for their husband's wallet, so that he can show the card. And be, but I doubt he'll show it. But he'll be exempt from being like cheated on. I'm gonna ruin all your lives if you ruin mine. I have nothing to live for. If you're gonna make me use a men's toilets, where I literally, I'm making a joke, but I will be no. in massive danger. No, I can massive see the danger. fear and
0: mad. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the negative language around the transgender community in the press comes from the fact that the coverage is disproportionate. The trans community are still less than 1% of the population. And I think that is important to remember. Yet they are still painted as this like new scary concept. And I really remember when I was younger, one of the things that helped me understand what a gay person is or what a lesbian person is, was learning about the history of homosexuality and knowing that many, many gay people have like existed for many, many years. And that's the same as the trans community. Like trans people have existed forever.
1: As a trans person, you just feel like, why can't people see this? You feel like you're going crazy almost. What you said about the kind of far right and their intervention is very, very, very clear when you look on Twitter and even on things like there was a study on TikTok where they set up the account as a woman and as a man and just did scrolling without actually like looking for anything to see what rabbit holes they naturally are pushed down with algorithms. yeah and how often it was leading towards far right things. For men, it would be more like the Andrew Tate stuff, but for women, they'd be pushing them down the transphobic route.
0: So in the main episode for this topic, go back and listen to it listeners. (laughs) We we talk about this headline where a student apparently identifies as a cat. Uh, Spoiler alert, no student identified as a cat, but this was reported across mainstream outlets. The scary thing is it started off building traction by far-right outlets and that migrated into mainstream spaces and made it onto the BBC. And so what we are actively seeing here is evidence that fictional far-right narratives are making their way into the mainstream, that the extremism is becoming mainstream and it's something we need to be really on guard for. Are you going to tell the story? Only a few weeks ago, Helena and I were in Parliament. Okay, tell the story. We were speaking in Parliament about misogyny in the media and there was absolutely no mention of anything to do with transgender rights in the conversations that had been had and there was this mp sitting to the left of me as soon as they opened the floor to questions they said does anyone have any questions she just started speaking she didn't have a question she just wanted to insert into the conversation that if we're talking about misogyny i think it's really important to mention that sex-based rights have a role to play and that women need to feel safe and to feel that their territory isn't being encroached upon Her tone, it felt very aggressive. And then later on, a visiting MP from New Zealand had a question to ask. But she said, just first, I want to respond that the threat here being discussed was not the transgender community. Before she'd even finished her sentence, this MP lashed back and she stormed out of the room
1: media storm
0: (laughs) (laughs) she media stormed out of the room (laughs) hashtag media (laughs) helena breathed for the first time in about 25 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and yeah but this i mean in the context of this the transgender lobby that we see in the media this was not someone who was reacting in defense of having been attacked by some angry mob this was someone who inserted herself into the space to derail a valid conversation and steer it towards this binary heated debate in which a conversation about domestic abuse had become about transgender people.
1: It's just it's wild to me because when I transitioned the first thing my mum said who's super accepting was like I'm just really worried she's like you're going to have such a hard life. I think everyone can agree turf or not it's not fun being trans. You are literally going to be like oh, it's gonna cry. I'm such a crybaby. But like you're, it's just it's so hard. I get catcalled every day. Like, I was spat on on the face on the tube. Oh, this is the analogy I always use. Is like, if you're on a tube and a trans person gets on, are you thinking that they're gonna attack you? Or are you gonna be looking at them thinking, oh god, I hope that person doesn't get attacked. You know that they're gonna be the ones getting attacked, not attacking. So I'm just like, where is this notion of us being the bullies? You know, and it's wild to see how in the flip of a switch we've gone from being the joke, mm-hmm. that literally like, ha-ha, trans person, a tranny, to being like, oh, they're so scary. It's like, you, we've, what? You're the ones who are
0: scaring us. Media Storm, the award-winning investigative podcast from the House of the Guilty Feminist, will be back next week with an investigation into the gendered impact of humanitarian crises.